Welcome to Days Your Update for February 12th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Logi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Reb Victorio. And yeah, we finally hit the week where everybody said, let's announce everything we got. Yep. Uh, we got dates for a bunch of stuff. And it's not even counting the, the PlayStation and Nintendo events this week. If we didn't have those two, we would still have a fairly full show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, Nintendo and uh, Sony decided, hey, let's announce a bunch of stuff this week. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of it's not really a huge surprise in some ways, but uh, we got mm-hmm. a lot of dates. So if you've been wanting to know uh, what else you can play over the next like four months, uh, we got a good look at a lot of that. Uh, so we'll get to that stuff here in a little bit. Uh, but before we do, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I have been playing a good bit of Sifu. Did a stream mm-hmm. last Sunday uh, for that. Had a good like hour and a half run where I almost got to the second boss into the game. Uh, and that game is uh, really striking and really fantastic mm. uh, from what I've played so far. Yeah, the the game itself is just uh, pretty well done. The action's got a really good feel to it uh, when you're able to get into a good rhythm and knock dudes out. Dudes and ladies uh, knock them out uh, pretty well. There's a lot of fun action in there. Uh, and some of the upgrades are pretty neat. There's one that you can get where you just kick uh, like ottomans and other kind of smallish furniture at people. Which usually knocks them over. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, gets you some free damage there. That is uh, a lot of fun to have and very useful if you are having some trouble in that. Uh, but yeah, as you play the game, you're gaining XP for beating up people, and when you get to uh, specific like shrines and some other areas, you get to use that. Uh, I think every time you die, you get to look at your skill tree and use it to buy. Uh, certain abilities and moves and such that you can use. That is a uh, pretty kind of the main issue I'm having with the game right now is just remembering how to use all the abilities you get. Uh, the specific like intro where it starts playing credits and all that, it kind of introduces like these like four or five moves that I assume are probably vital ones to succeeding in the game. And I probably didn't use any of them on my run. Yeah. I, I wouldn't actually say they're really vital. Like, I think you can get through most of the game just knowing the basic uh, attack chain. But um, yeah. it does help to, I mean, as far as my own success, like getting to level 3 and stuff, is um, just dodging the right way. So not even, like, using the avoid tactic with the R2 button, but, like, just straight up, like, dodging, like, using the, the left shoulder button along with the control stick to yeah. dodge certain ways. And then when you do it right, like, you see a little blur effect and, like, part of your um, gauges go up and yeah, it goes a long way. So yeah, but you know, I understand that you, you're, you're right in that regard. Like it's hard, it's tough to know like what moves to use and especially when to use them just because like you really have to consider the hitboxes and it's really like a fighting game in that regard. And that's what makes Yeah. It's, it's something that I kind of wish you could practice with some more outside of just, you know, running into dudes in an actual run for that stuff, sort of the way you can redo the intro to uh, freshen up on some of those core moves they show you there. That would be pretty good to have in some way. And the devs seem to be open to making some adjustments here and there. Uh, They have mentioned that they are looking to add an easier mode for people that need that, and even a harder mode 
I guess for the people. Uh, so there's kind of uh, some good word from them that they are, uh, yeah, looking to keep working on the game here, especially because they had a little bit of an issue for the game for the people that paid a little bit extra for the deluxe edition. It was not available to uh, download uh, or preload even uh, for that till maybe about like six or seven hours after it was supposed to be. So they've said they give those people an extra bonus, something for that to make up for that. So that's uh, something there. Uh, but yeah, I do like the way that they have the upgrades uh, on your skill tree that you can, uh, once you unlock them, you can also keep sort of investing XP into them to uh, make them permanent unlocks for future runs. I think it's usually about five uh, more of a thingier, uh, whatever cost they have. So that's kind of a, a neat little like roguelite-ish kind of a uh, thing in there. That's uh, uh, So yeah, that's... Uh, that's Sifu. Uh, very fun game. Very nice style to it and all that. The action. Uh, they do a good job of making that game. So I'm looking forward to put some more time into that. Uh, let's see. I got Ollie Ollie World as well this week. Uh, the other big indie game of the week, uh, which is the third game in the series. Uh, and the first one where the entire vibes they've got going on and style is very chill. Whereas the first two games, I would very much, they are sort of 2D pixel skateboarding games that are very much in a get good kind of mindset there where they offer some tough challenges for each of the stages, that kind of stuff. And you're often looking to, you know, uh, replay the stages over and over again, trying to get all of the challenges before moving to the next one. This one has some of the similar kind of stuff going on there, but it's not as, doesn't have the, the same kind of vibe where you're, worried about, uh, you know, having to do everything uh, right away uh, with that kind of stuff. And, yeah, the, the skateboarding action is not like a Tony Hawk uh, where all your moves are on the, the face buttons. It's all on the left stick uh, since you're it's an automatic scrolling kind of game, so you're not really worried about, you know, anything, any sort of control movement stuff outside of, the way that certain moves work. So it's a lot of, you know, swirling the sticks uh, for different kinds of moves, you know, trictionary, they call it, that lets you see like what all the moves you have are available for that stuff. Uh, then like manuals is usually hitting uh, X and forward or back when you uh, land. Mm -hmm. uh, you also want to hit X when you land to have like a perfect landing kind of stuff. If you kind of mess that up, you can, make your character kind of have a little bit of a, a shaky landing or something. You get a little less points, I think for that uh, move. And, you know, there's grinding, there's, I think wall run wall rides, that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. I haven't even gotten all that far into the, yeah, you do start off uh, making your own character and the, it's a very gender fluid system. Cause you don't even really ever pick a gender that you're making. You just have a few options for like body, size and shape and that kind of stuff uh but otherwise you can put you know any sort of clothing on any character you make you know skirts dresses pants uh all that kind of stuff on uh the only real knock i have on that stuff is there i kind of wish i could just have uh, there are some items of clothing that hide others and i kind of wish you could layer them on a little bit better uh for that stuff even things like having uh knee pads and such 
uh, they don't do a great job. There'll be certain types of like shorts or whatever that'll have knee pads on. I kind of wish I could just put them over any of the pants I have, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, but otherwise, you know, as you're doing challenges, you get more clothing items that you can put on, uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, there's a lot there to that game, and I'm looking forward to putting some more. I'm also looking forward to the DLC because I got the deluxe edition, that, the two expansion packs they've got coming later this year. And I think they announced at some point they're putting Danny Trejo in the game, mm. which is a weird, very weird tone shift for that. Yeah, I'm excited for the time to play more of that. And the other game I've been playing is Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, which I am nearing the end of that game. I just did a whole big mission that kind of essentially lays out everything that uh, Zero Dawn Project was uh, and how that fits into the world and explains a lot of things. What is the nature of Gaia and these other entities that people are working mm-hmm. uh, A lot of that kind of stuff, which is uh, fun to see. Though I had to go into a big like Colosseum fight, fighting a enemy type that I don't think I've fought before, the Behemoth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of fun. They drop you in there without your stuff. Do a quick little thing to uh, open that stuff up. So, yeah, uh, been enjoying that. Hopefully going to finish that here uh, by the end of the week because uh, Horizon Forbidden West is out by Friday, I think. So that'll be exciting. And that's uh, been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Uh, well, um, I have still been playing Haiti. I have not only made it out of the underworld several times, I actually am now at the point where I have actually managed to convince uh, Persephone, which is Hades' wife, to come back to the underworld. So now she's a regular individual there. And that's basically like the main campaign for the game is you're trying to break out of Hades and go speak to your mother and find out why she left, what's the situation, uh, all that. Um, and I already did that. Um, I also managed to uh, reunite uh, Orpheus and Eurydice. Um, you know, or which uh, if you're a fan of Hades Town, you may be familiar with that story. Uh, Orpheus was a musician who fell in love with a nymph, with a forest nymph named Eurydice. And when she died, she, of course, went to Hades, and Orpheus being so distraught, he actually went to Hades himself and begged him to allow him to bring back Eurydice back to the living world, and Hades agreed, as long as uh, he would uh, walk out of Hades not looking back. Uh, Of course, that didn't happen. His fear got a hold of him, and he looked back, and Eurydice was there, but now it meant she could never leave. Hades, so um, I still have some other stuff I gotta do. I've gotta reunite uh, Achilles and Patroclus, and I still have to free Sisyphus from his, you know, his punishment of pushing a rock up a hill. And I also need to reunite Nyx and Chaos, so I still got some stuff. Other than that, uh, I've also been playing Psychonauts 2 and greatly enjoying it. Um, It is definitely more difficult than the first Psychonauts game was. Um, The game, when it starts off, you get all of the core powers that you got at the start of the the first game that you, well, that you ended the first game with, you know, the Psycho Shot and Levitation and all that stuff. But now you have to deal with actually 
like upgrading them uh, through the game because you've got a bunch of new variety of enemies you have to deal with. You've got, you know, the sensors, which were pretty common back then, but now you've also got bad ideas and regrets and stuff like that. Um, there's also this new mechanic now where you do this thing where you are trying to um, make m new mental connections in people's headspace, basically. So, like, the very first, like, proper uh, level that you do um, in the game after the tutorial, for better or worse, is it's an individual who has a gambling addiction, and you're trying to create a new mental connection uh, with success and moderation. Um, so it's stuff like that. Um it's still really fun, though. Uh, the voice acting is great. The character design and art direction is still that weird bit of, you know, retro retroism and that weird, like, grotesque Nicktoon, you know, car, you know, cartoon design. Um, all in all, it's still good stuff. So, uh, still been enjoying that. Um, and I'm also just getting ready for Elden Ring because that comes out in. See, I think, yeah, it comes out a uh, week after next on the 25th. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's what I've been playing. Dan, Rip, what about you? Yeah, uh, well, first of all, I'm happy to, uh, happy to hear that you're enjoying um, Psychonauts 2. Um, as I've said oh, in the yeah. past, I've never played the original game. Or I did play it, but I never finished it just because it did not age very well at all. Yeah. Uh, but I will say the amount of polish... Uh, is the huge difference between two and one, and like, yeah, it, it makes the game so much more enjoyable. I'm not done yet, but I can't wait to delve back into there after review season is over. So, yeah. yeah there's that. Um, but yeah, um, what I'm playing hasn't really changed all that much. I'm still playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm about 15 to 18 hours in, and I think I'm in like the last part as far as the main campaign goes. But I did hear that the post game is just as long as the uh, main campaign. So, looking forward to getting to that. And, like, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but, like, one thing I'm really enjoying with Pokemon Legends Arceus is the fact that it's pretty hard, you know? Like, I know uh, last week Chris talked about, like, how overleveled he is. But, yeah, um, so far it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I've, I've gotten the climbing mechanic and now I can fly. So, you know, that makes the environments in the game that much more fun to explore. So, you know, I can't wait to uh, get back into that after the Super Bowl is over. And, um, yeah, I'm still uh, playing Sifu. Uh, for those of you that didn't see the review, it went up last Sunday. Yes, I did review the game without beating it, but I know what? I think that's okay because a lot of people were sent in the game and didn't beat it either. So, you know, it's totally fine. And what I said it, uh, pretty much was uh, summed up well by everybody else around the industry. Like, you know, they're loving the action. The game is extremely difficult. And um, part of the the joy with it is just going back to old levels to see if you can do better and see that if see if you actually got better at the game. Um, you know, I jumped back into level one and I finished it uh, at age 22 versus the first time when I finished it at age 50. And it's a huge difference going into level two, which took me a while to beat. But I did beat that before I started my review. And I'm uh, now I'm like struggling through level four. But yeah, the game is totally enjoyable. It's definitely a game of the year candidate as far as I'm concerned, and it's definitely something that I think I'm going to keep coming back to even after I beat it. So, again, Seafood is really awesome, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm also playing another game for review that's under embargo, but I can't talk about that yet, but I will say I hate it so far. So, you know, that's the uh, 
Catch-22 was like, you know, being someone that review ga- re- reviews games before they come out, and, you know, if they suck, they suck. But, um, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, so yeah, let's start getting into some of this news. We'll try to move through it as quick. Uh, Sony has announced that they have some new uh, firmware coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in beta right now for people that are in those programs uh, for the yeah. PS5. The PS5 is sort of the main firmware stuff getting upgrades here. They're making some changes to parties, so there are the concept of open and closed parties now. Uh, open parties lets you know friends join without an invite. Uh, closed parties, players you invite in if you want to you know, control that. There is an update to the voice chat reporting feature here. Uh, you can start share play directly from the voice chat uh, there. Uh, let's see, game base. So voice chats are now called party. Uh, there's some other stuff they're doing there. Uh, the UI stuff that, uh, for your library, you can now sort specific types of games if you want to go that way. Uh, they knew now let you sort of pin games to your home. Do five that you can pin for that. I think they're also expanded to a total of 14 games that can show on that home screen. Eight right now, and it's in five. You know, you got a not much hang around on there. They've also updated the visual design for trophy cards and the uh, trophy list. Pretty neat there. You can start the share screen from the create menu with that stuff. Yeah, more accessibility features. No audio for headphone issues. Uh, they also have voice commands now that are in preview in these uh, these beta firmware, so you can use to get around the, the system. Uh, from what I'm seeing, well done, like, seems pretty well done. Better than what the PS4 had, Xbox has for that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the, the features they've announced so far, so some neat stuff there. It's finally out, it's probably, right, probably spring. So there's that. Uh, let's see, let's start getting to some games that are coming out here in the next few months. Uh, Final Fantasy VI Pixel is going to be out on February 23rd, uh, just over a week or so to finish up that series for the piece. So I assume that now that, that work is done, they will eventually... Uh, so there you go. Or, let's see, RPG Time The Legend of Right is coming to Xbox and PC on March 10th. This is from one of the Xbox. kind of looks like... A uh, desktop kind of, as I say, handmade notebook that. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's see, March 14th, uh, River City Girls Zero, a sort of retro-styled uh, retro City Girls game forward. Switch, this is February 14th. Okay, sorry, I got the wrong date here, but uh, the PlayStations, Xbox, and PC later this spring. There you go, if you want some more River City ahead of the... Uh, yeah. And while all this other stuff is, was getting announced from uh, the Nintendo Direct, Square Enix kind of quietly announced this game called The Centennial Case, a Shijima story, uh, which is a you know FMV game, uh, mystery action, a mystery that is coming to PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC uh, May 12th, with uh, yeah, directed by somebody that worked on Metal Gear Solid 5 and a few other games. Uh, produced by a guy that worked on Nier Automata. Uh, it's a neat-looking game. Uh, you can check out this trailer. You can check it out and see. Very wild for Square Enix kind of doing this kind of game, but uh, nice little Yeah, I mean, like, the last time Square Enix, like, sort of promoted a shadow game or whatever you want to was The Quiet Man, which I had, like, some hopes for, and then I played it, and I was like, oh, my God. This is... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm holding this one. 
tightly to my chest. I'm not expecting much out of it, but after watching this trailer, you know, it does seem interesting. I'm, I'm probably not going to pay whatever full price is offered. This- yeah. Uh, let's see. You can pre-order the game on you purchase the game before made behind the scenes, like featurette for the game, and a mini soundtrack composed by Yuki Hayashi, game series Dragon Quest The Adventure of Dai, uh, as well as some other Got some neat bonus stuff there. Yeah, they're saying the, the producer of Netflix's The Naked Director series stuff. They got some talent there. Uh, let's see. Coming up next, Disgaea 6 Complete is coming to uh, PS5, PS4, and PC. Mm-hmm. So now that you might have a version of that game that runs and looks a little bit better, some better hardware there compared to what it was on the Switch, mm-hmm. which I think Dan Rib, you said it kind of just... Um, I, I had no opinion on it, but Brandon did review this game. Oh, yeah, Brandon. Yeah, you said this looked a little bit weird on the Switch. Yeah, well, it, it's not so much the game looked weird. It's the fact that it shifted its art style over to completely 3D characters instead of the sprite-based artwork. And weirdly enough, even though you would think changing from sprite to 3D would make make them more expressive, no, it actually made them even more wooden, oddly enough. Um, yeah, just all together, it, it, you know, and it, it, like the background itself, the actual textures of it are still fairly unsophisticated. Um, yeah, that is really strange, especially considering, like, th- despite the fact that Nintendo has never been known or, like, you know, really pushing the envelope as far as visuals, like, especially with the original release of The Wind Waker. Like, I feel like they really made style matter, and it's just weird to see a company like, you know, the the, the folks that do Disgaea, like, not figure that out, but, you know, it is what it is. And at least it'll, because I think the, the other issue people have with the Switch version is that it was kind of a low-resolution thing that just, yeah, maybe was a bit too much for what the, the Switch could Mm-hmm. handle for what they seem to have and that it was kind of weird that it was a Switch exclusive but now those people can you know get it on a PlayStation later this year yes yeah, sometime this summer June 16th this summer in North America Europe and all there you go and Telltale gave us the first look for at the The Wolf Among Us 2 the Telltale series which is going to be out for PS5 Xbox uh, PS4 in the next year 2023 Mm-hmm. So that is uh, quite a ways away. From the bits they've shown here, it looks like a noticeable upgrade over the last bits of stuff they put out before mm-hmm. they shut down. So hopefully this is a nice big t- just great because that's... Uh... Oh, yeah. Okay, let's see. Oh, yeah, the next one here. Sony AI and Polyphony Digital announced that they had sort of worked together on this a new project called Gran Turismo Sophie, which is sort of a a very advanced racing AI, uh, sort of advanced enough that it made the cover of Nature Mag, mm. uh, which is uh, one of the top uh, science uh, that talks about how this, let's see, the Gran Turismo Sophie was trained to master the following driving skills needed to, com- to compete with the world's best championship-level drivers. Uh, race car control, deep understanding of car dynamics, racing lines, and precision maneuvers to conquer challenging tracks. Yeah, tactics for split-second split decision-making skills, rapidly evolving racing situations, uh, and racing etiquette, essential for fair play, 
Grand Rose and Sophie had to conform to highly refined but improved imprecisely specified sportsmanship rules, including avoiding at-fault collisions and respecting opponents' drive. And yeah, they've shown some of this off, and it looks really neat. Uh, it's not going to be in GT7 at launch, but it will uh, add it in sometime after launch. So people on as well 7 there, uh, check it out sometime later. They're talking about how this could impact uh, sort of uh, self-driving cars designed with this kind of AI tech. In. It's just some neat stuff that they uh, yeah, I mentioned Horizon Zero Dawn earlier. I was playing it, and while well, there's been a lot of people playing it, uh, they announced that they had hit 20 million copies sold. Yeah. Uh, which, I, which I think is helped a lot by making it a free game to get last year on mm-hmm. PS4. Uh, but yep. no doubt, a lot of people have been playing it as they've hit 1 billion hours played with that, which I mm-hmm. think makes it at least people averaging like 50 hours of game time in that mm-hmm. which i think i am at like 54 hours so far so i'm definitely above the norm so there you go yeah there's a ps4 and pc november 20 yeah uh plenty of people there that's uh hope from the west it also just helps that it's a genuine great game yeah it's very much one of the the first games that was kind of very much influenced by mm-hmm. uh, and use that to kind of put it into uh, a bit of a different style of RPG that so there you go that's some good stuff there and yeah we've got the the latest on the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition where uh, as like Microsoft starts meeting with regulators they're starting to speak up a bit more and saying that they find the precise words here uh, to be clear microsoft will continue to make call of duty and other popular activision blizzard titles available on playstation through the term of any existing agreement with activision and we have committed to sony that we will also make them available on playstation beyond the existing agreement sure so that sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love we're also interested in taking similar steps to support nintendo's successful pH, depending on how you read that can mean nothing's really changed mm-hmm. and what they've said before as far as you know continuing to honor the current deals for bringing games to playstation that activision blizzard has to meaning that you know call of duty is going to stay multi-platform foreseeable future to you know fit whatever sort of viewpoint you have on this stuff that's i don't know it's still it's a little bit vague at times here as you know, they can't really say anything that could affect the deal going through. So, uh, but, you know, meeting with the regulators here, they definitely got them to be a bit more clear on this stuff because they're also talking about pledging to open up their payment system for the Windows apps, party payment processors in some way, Xbox itself as well. But still being kind of vague, where it's like, uh, they're considering it. <laughs> Maybe won't actually do it, but they're open. It's like, I don't know uh, what uh, is going on with that stuff. But they put out a statement that could be interpreted in many different ways. So good luck with that, folks. Uh, and then this last one here before we start getting into these events uh, Nintendo, uh, they had a bit of an issue with a hacker named Gary Bowser. Mm hmm. Ironically, uh, who was part of a group that was uh, sort of mod devices for Switch 
uh, switches to allow them to sort of hack it and you play pirated games, all that mm. kind of stuff on it. And he happened to be one of the ones that got arrested for it because he was in the U.S., whereas a number of the other people are in foreign countries that may be harder to extradite to deal with this. So uh, he ended up getting charged and convicted mm-hmm. of, uh, what is it? Uh, for creating and selling console hacking software and devices used to play pirated Nintendo Switch. Uh, I think he's been sentenced to 40 months in prison for this, to which Nintendo put out a press release essentially uh, bragging about this and thanking the various uh, government groups that helped them get this guy put in jail. You know, the FBI, Homeland Security, uh, a few other different groups as like it's kind of gross for nintendo to be just bragging about yeah kind of definitely well i mean like nintendo as we all know has always been protective of their ip so this is hardly a surprise but you know what i'm gonna dive into the meat the real meat of this story is that this guy's fucking name is bowser that's right bowser not only the koopa but you know it's weird that this guy's name is bowser the president of Nintendo America's name is Bowser. I'm like, well, where are they finding these guys? Like, I don't know if that's a pen name, but I'm like, how is this? How is this possibly a coincidence? You know, it's the, it's the funniest. Oh yeah, there you go. To pay Nintendo a sum of ten million dollars during a separate civil case that was settled. Uh, but let's get to some more positive news here with uh, two of the events that happened this week. There's the PlayStation Indies event where they put up a bunch of. Uh, post on the PlayStation blog announcing platform dates. Uh, first up is a game called Animal Well. That is a solo dev uh, for the developer Billy Basso that he describes is like a, let's see, I find it best to start with the mood I'm trying to create as the sensibilities of the survival horror genre, but it's not really a scary game. It has puzzles and platforms. The art style is simple-looking pixel art, but will be employing lighting and visual effects that will push the PS5 hardware. Uh, summarizing Animal Well succinctly is a challenge. There are no hardcore platforming challenges, intense fights, or jump scares. But lots of situational lateral thinking, brain teasers. Setting a creepy yet not uninviting the gifts here that, yeah, it's that seems like a fairly apt kind of way of describing it. And he goes into more detail on various parts of the Looks really nice, has a nice style to it, so seeing this, it's coming to PS5 and Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check developer and whole trailer there mm-hmm. for that, so you can check it out. No dates or anything for this one. As he says here, uh, coming to PS5 later this year or early next. Mm. So not even committing to this year. Yeah. Uh, apparently the dude's also getting uh, you know help from uh, Dan Abelman. The guy who, you know, also helps uh, with he he does the business side of things for games like Axiom Verge. So yeah, yeah, that's good. I saw Tom Hap retweeting that news, so mm-hmm. I assume he's known about that game for a little while now. Uh, but let's see, uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge. That game got announced last year uh, as they kind of slowly trick it out. News that like April O'Neil is one of the characters you can also play as along mm-hmm. with Turtles. Uh, they confirmed that it's coming to PS4 and Xbox One uh, with this news in that Splinter 
is also joining the playable roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first time, I have six playable characters here. Yep. Yep, I'm just waiting for the announcement for the release date of that game, man. Cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure most of us would guess Splinter is in there. But mm-hmm. I can't wait for this one. Yeah. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they have some DLC to get to play. But, yeah, no. we'll see. But yeah, this game will be out later this year at some point. Whenever they're done with it, which is good. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to see Splinter in action, they've got a PlayStation Underground video here sort of showing that off a bit. So you can mm-hmm. check that out. Uh, let's see. Post Void, another game here shown off. Uh, it's an arcade first-person shooter coming to PS5, PS4, and Switch this spring date, but it's been out on Steam since last August. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks very much like if you had a, a Doom game and gave it a very weird art style. Yeah, pretty much. So it seems very much like this. Uh, Neat. Uh, they did give a date for Salt and Sacrifice, the sequel to uh, Salt and the Sanctuary. Salt and Sanctuary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, they finally have a date, March, uh, May 10th, for the PS5, PS4, and PC. Uh, so there you go. They show off uh, some PvP stuff in this article, so you can check that out if you're interested. Uh, but yeah, we got a date for that uh, in May. I'm excited for that. Uh, these last two here, there's Samurai Gun 2, coming to PS5 and Switch. I guess it's been out on PC for a little while now, uh, which you know, is sort of a multiplayer, local multiplayer mm-hmm. uh, sword fighting game. Yep. Guns as well. Uh, but they have a number of indie characters in it. The Splunky guy, the, mm-hmm. the guy from Minutes, and you know, one of the, the beans from Among Us. So, mm-hmm. Uh, getting all weird with that. There's a, a single-player mode if you want to just play some single-player. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So definitely worth checking out. I don't think there's a date for that. Yeah, it's been in early access on... I assume it'll be out whenever that is ready to hit 1.0. So there you go. And the other announcement here, the last one, is Hello Neighbor 2. Mm-hmm. It's coming to PS5 and PS4. Mm. Like it's been Xbox and PC so far. Uh, they do have a beta coming April seventh. As you can get early, uh, you, you can get exclusive beta access with of that. So that like stealth horror game that is more kid friendly because I think this property is uh, very popular with kids and teens mm-hmm. in kind of a weird way, uh, but probably a similar crew to the Five Nights at Freddy's fans mm-hmm. of sorts. Uh, so there's that Check out, and that's kind of it for the PlayStation Indies. They just kind of had a handful of games announced there, so there's that, and we'll get to the Nintendo Direct that happened that had a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, it was 40 minutes, oh, yeah. a lot of stuff. Uh, usually with Nintendo Direct, it's kind of a feast or famine type thing, where, uh, you know, it'll be like, Oh, we, you know, it, maybe though a lot of times, most of the time, it's just like, oh, there's one interesting thing, and then you know, a bunch of fluff, and then other times they just bring everything, and it's just amazing. This is one of those times, basically. <laughs> yeah the uh, the unofficial theme for this direct was old games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for me, it sort of fell in the middle. Like, obviously, I'm a Nintendo fan. But, like, I also, you know, pretty much, like, have a pulse of, like, what the players want, like, now, at this minute. 
But like when I think about it, and when I look at a lot of the stuff that was announced, um, I remember seeing a tweet that said, "Oh wow, Nintendo Direct really focused on the forty-year-olds," and I'm like, "Yeah, so what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they're probably at least half of these games that are that seem like old games, either remakes, remasters, or them doing stuff with uh, games that, uh, that kind of stuff. You know, not so much in the maybe the three games that people would be interested in most, which would be like Breath of the Wild two. Metroid mm-hmm. Prime 4, and maybe since it's been five years since one mm-hmm. of those games came out. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, actually but... surprised we haven't even seen much of Bayonetta 3 yet, because that was announced a while ago, too. Yeah, they yeah. had in that last Direct, or they whatever did, it was. They did, but I would expect at least a release date, considering, like, I would hope it's 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, though this Direct was uh, intended to focus on first half of the which they mostly stuck to. True. But, but like I remember like the first time they did that they talked about like Damon X Machina and Metroid Prime 4 and I'm like, yep full of liars full of liars yeah uh, and there are a couple of monkey paw games here because I've seen some chatter like with our first game here like oh it seems about time for a new Fire Emblem game to happen and we got Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes yeah which is basically a it's basically like a golden route for Fire Emblem Three Houses, but in the you know the whole Dynasty Warriors stick. Yeah, Muso follow up to the yeah, uh, which you know on the one hand it's like oh I get to have these characters more of these characters again. Uh, thing is though, part of the reason I kind of really liked Fire Emblem Three Houses was because it didn't have a golden route. Yeah. You know, basically there were three routes and none of them would solve everything. Somebody was gonna get hurt. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's. Uh, yeah, I mean, like it's it's definitely an interesting path for it, and I I know a lot of the rumors talking about like another Fire Emblem game. Uh, obviously, a Warriors game like sort of underwhelms, but when you think about it, especially with the game story, like you're wondering where they actually go with it because you know spoilers for those that haven't played the game, but in that game you actually travel a whole bunch of years forward and in this game it seems like they're staying in one certain time point so i'm wondering about whether or not uh you as the main character are still a part of it as the as the because this game seems to jump all across what they were doing so it kind of seems like a prequel to me but yeah mm. i mean like i'm 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 definitely interested in seeing where this story goes uh fire emblem Three houses was our 2019 game of the year so like and yeah, for like, good reason it's that just quality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like uh, yeah, I'm not really excited for another Muso, but this is definitely something I see myself like you know YouTubing uh, if I don't want to play it. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, that'll be out June 24th. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Then they showed off a little bit more of Advance Wars One and Two Reboot Camp mm-hmm. since that had been delayed from its. Uh, it was like it was a December game. Uh, yeah. Now it's April 8th. And they showed off a bit more of some of the other modes that are in it. So there's like a yeah. map creator that you can... I don't know if you can share it. I'm assuming with Nintendo, probably not as easily yeah. as you would like. Uh, but yeah, there's local multiplayer. I think there's online multiplayer with it as well. Mm-hmm. Try to double check in this list. Yeah, there's also the campaigns for the first and second game, as you would expect. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That is also, a- it turns out that uh, Aaron eats this game. I found out watching uh, Ross O'Donovan's stream. Uh, yeah. This week, he's the blue guy. 
So, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of neat. Yep. And then they did a little bit of surprise, announced No Man's Sky is coming to the Switch uh, this summer, already outside of the first half of the year time frame, but uh, you'll be able to play that game uh, anywhere that you have an internet connection. It looked a little bit rough in the uh, the footage they showed, but not mm-hmm. too bad. Yeah. They, they did have to do some optimization for this for uh, VR reasons, so uh, run a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, nothing against No Man's Sky or Hello Games, but I am surprised by the amount of time it got in this direction. It was a featured game. and I, I think because it is a very technical game. Yeah. In a sense, so very much it'll push the Switch uh, pretty hard. Much like mm-hmm. you played it on a PS4, Brandon. Yeah, I played and, it on a PS4, and even there, it pushes the, the tech pretty much to its breaking point. Yeah, your load times are probably not great. Yep. Whereas on a PS5, uh, it was pretty quick. Pretty seamless, I've been told. Yeah. Yeah, like all the, the stuttering and all that you kind of experience from the frame rates, like all gone. Well, I mean, I'm an old PlayStation. I mean, I was a Nintendo kid, so stuttering is sort of a thing I just sort of got used Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that is on the Switch. Uh, I will not be getting it because I already have it mm-hmm. elsewhere. So uh, then they, let's see, they went to their next Mario sports game, Mario Strikers Battle League, where they decided to make it uh, very much a combat focused soccer game. Mm-hmm. Uh, even more so than what the, the original games have been. Cause now you have yep. like armor you can attach to your characters yep. to affect their stats. Oh yeah. On that uh, five on five soccer, uh, special abilities, all that kind of stuff to get as animated yeah. as you wanted to get. Yeah. Uh, up to eight players on uh, one switch. Mm-hmm. Four players on each team, which makes it a very expensive game at that point. Yeah. There's the amount of Joy-Cons you have to have. Oh, yeah. I'd imagine anybody who wants to play already has their own. We're talking yeah. about one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like when, when when this game was announced, like... Um, yeah, this, this is this, probably this... the closest thing to holy shit I've, I've said in a direct. Yeah, um, this game was a real crowd-pleaser crowd for sure, because... Uh, yeah. Last Strikers game came out on the Wii U, so was it the Wii U? Like, I think it was the original Wii. Well, you're talking about Charged, right? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Charged was actually the original Wii. Uh, yeah, it was out on the Wii U. It was it, it was a while ago, and weirdly enough, I mean, the game you know was very you know it did really well, and you know considering the just wealth of Mario sports games that exist, it was weird that they had kind of ignored this particular one particular series for so long and then all of a sudden holy crap here it is again yeah i mean like the original one also developed by next level games was made during a time where like nintendo was really struggling to really find its footing again with the gamecube just because the xbox came out of nowhere with its success obviously the ps2 was a hell of a haymaker in the industry and the best thing uh Nintendo had for it was its fun multiplayer, like you know, they like, like they did with the N64 and GoldenEye and Smash. They did again with the GameCube and Smash again, but there was really no second fiddle to it. Like it, it didn't have a GoldenEye, so mm-hmm. all Nintendo could really do was rely on themselves. And this actually led to the 
uh, acquisition of next level games. And yeah, yeah like well, when I think about the best multiplayer games on the GameCube, Mario Strikers is definitely near the top of the list. And I'm surprised it's taken more than a decade for it to come back. And like, what really sets uh, Mario Strikers uh, um, apart from the rest of the Mario Sports series is just the style. Like, yeah, Mario, it's very hardcore Golf compared to like Mario Tennis. This game is badass. Like they have, yeah, like all, the original, all, like you said, shading. Like, they have oh, all yeah. the attitude. The original game had Wario using a a crotch chop as a taunt. Like yeah. that's how you know, quote unquote, mature this game is, and it looks like this game brings all of that back. And I cannot be more excited for it. Are you sure it was Wario or was it Waluigi? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah, so it was Waluigi. It was Waluigi. Yeah, that's what I thought. But yeah, like you compared it to the other you know sports games where it's like you know it's uh you know it's mario golf ah, mario we're playing golf or mario tennis oh we're mario we're playing tennis mario strikers i will de- i will destroy you it was it was basically combat soccer that is literally what it was <laughs> yeah and they really uh in the trailer they really emphasized the tackling and like all the unfair stuff and like you know that's what makes these games really fun especially with the world cup coming like happening this year like it, it's a really great decision by nintendo keeping it as long as they've had here oh yeah also if i remember like the original mario strikers also had oddly almost kind of cyberpunkish thing to them mostly because of the cop the outfit styles of the characters again like, yeah just just the overall style is just something different that we haven't seen from nintendo in- yeah, like, compared to what, like, you know, Princess Peach and Princess Daisy wear in other games, their outfits in the Strikers games were relatively skimpy, especially for a Nintendo I've, game. Uh, I've seen a lot of tweets talking about uh, a certain asset Daisy has, so, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're doing some online stuff with this game where you can, you know, play multiplayer, all that kind of stuff, and also have clubs with 20 players in them. Uh, to kind of have a little... Yep, they're they're, they're going with that mobile engagement strategy. Hopefully there's no microtransactions. Oh, so far, so good. Yeah, uh, so there's that. That'll be out June 10th, so two weeks before Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, let's see, the next... Then they started their run of more old games as Front Mission First remake. Was uh, didn't, you miss it, didn't you just miss Platoon? Oh, yeah, Splatoon 3. Yeah. That was easy to miss because all they did is show off Salmon Run for it. Yeah. Uh, which was a mode that weirdly wasn't a full-time mode in that uh, Splatoon yeah, 2. Salmon Run is a, is a PvE, right? Yeah, it was kind of like a horde, horde mode but without you having to really build anything. Yeah, pretty kinda, much. You yeah. fight other enemies and... Stealing their eggs, and now, like, I guess the new thing is you can throw those eggs to other teammates. Yeah, you can throw the eggs to other teammates, which was kind of like a pain in the ass in the original. Yeah. Um, because you know, it was very easy to, you know, lose eggs in that one. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe this time you'll be able to play it whenever you want. Yeah, because uh, I believe in the original, it was just a uh, this is on for this week, you can play it kind of thing, which was a very weird thing to do when it was like a mode that people really enjoyed and now being able being told like oh, you can't play this whenever you want well after the like you know like the you know order versus chaos thing was over I, they basically put salmon run stuff up for when you want to play it anytime so, yeah maybe know, by the time i got to it all that stuff had, had ended so yeah 
Uh, then they say that game is coming out this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the vague summer time frame that uh, is going to be happening a few times here. Yeah, uh, really want to. I really can't wait when that because the thing I learned about playing Splatoon is how you can make a game that looks very sweet and candy coated and is really freaking dark underneath the surface. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm I'm pretty much a mixed bag with Splatoon. I've I've never finished any of the main campaigns, although I really, really want. But it's it's one of those games where I kind of think Nintendo has sort of like overemphasized. But at the same time, a lot of people like they 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 fault Nintendo for not making any new IP and then well, Splatoon in in my opinion is still new and like it's mm-hmm. good to see it uh, you know, actually hit the ground running. I mean like as someone I wouldn't call myself a hardcore fan of Splatoon. I definitely respect this series for all it's done. It's legitimately fun. At the same time, like I said with Mario Strikers, the series has attitude, and Nintendo needs more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start getting to some of these old games. First up, Front Mission First Remake. Uh, yeah. Yes, it is going to be out this summer. They're sort of redoing the uh, the visuals and all that. Yeah. Uh, this is a partnership with uh, a company called Forever Entertainment. They're also mm-hmm. doing the Panzer Dragoon remakes. Yep. Not for that. So these seem to be Switch exclusives mm-hmm. uh, for that. So uh, they also announced the a remake for the second game. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine um, titled From Mission 2 Remake. Uh, yeah. That's, they just said that'll be out sometime in the future. Yeah. So for those who are curious about what Front Mission is, Basically, Front Mission is a famously, like, hardcore, realistic, uh, you know, giant mech simulation RPG. Uh, you know, it's it's a strategy RPG, basically. And it's one of those things, it, it's like super hardcore in the realism, where things like, you know, encumbrance and obscure, you know, visual obscure, obscurity and all that stuff is, like, a big part of the gameplay. And it's also known for having like extremely like gun, you know, like mobile suit Gundam levels of uh, complex world building with like you know all kinds of uh, heavy, you know, socio political commentary and stuff like that. So uh, as you can guess, I eat I eat that shit up with gummy bears. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> the, the only front mission games I played were on the Game Boy Advance. I'm not sure yeah. whether those were original or actually remakes of the originals again. Um, I never finished them, but I did enjoy what I played. And, like, yeah, I totally agree. Like, as far as, like, you know, the, the anime Gundam, like, reality of it all, like, these games definitely were on the on the, the dark side. And, um, yeah, like, they, they, they were fun for what they were. And as someone that doesn't really find a lot of fun in mech games where you actually control the mech just because the controls were always so uh, convoluted and complicated. You know, mm-hmm. a turn-based strategy game like Front, uh, Front Mission definitely made things a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those those games were PS1 games. Uh, at least the first few, I think up to three. And I think they went on to the PS2 after that. Yeah. I, I do remember a Game Boy Advance version. I just don't remember whether it was... Uh, I think the, front, the first Front Mission oh, came out in yeah, it was in 1995, and it was actually a Super Famicom game. Okay. That's where it started. It did eventually go over to the PlayStation. Uh, and yes, there was a DS version and a Wonderswan version as well. So Yeah, so there you go. Yep. 
trying to check. Yeah, they yeah, have the last one. I the last one they put out. If you remember, Left Alive. Yeah, was supposed to be somewhat tied into it. Yeah, it was a spinoff. It was yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of that there. So yeah, let's get to uh, then they announced Disney Speedstorm. A AKA Mario Mario Kart Nine. You know. <laughs> Kind of, it is a, it is from the team that made the Asphalt series mm-hmm. of arcade racing games, and it very much uh, seems gameplay wise to be in line with that. Uh, but instead of just you know real racing cars, it's all uh, Disney characters in their cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is going to be on everything: PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC, free to play. Uh, cross-play, multiplayer, all that kind of stuff. It'll be out in the summer at some point. Uh, so there you go. Uh, then they also announced Star Wars The Force Unleashed is coming to the Switch uh, April 20th. That is a port of the Wii version, not the uh, Xbox or PS3 versions mm. of that game. So it's got the the same kind of multiplayer, or uh, not multiplayer, uh, there's local multiplayer stuff where you can fight with different characters and motion controls and all that. Yeah. That game sucked, but it's also uh, probably the easiest Star Wars game in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I never played the Wii version. I only played it on the other consoles. But I see people like, oh, this is the best version. It's like, I don't know. I think you're probably one of those Wii people that thought every port was the best version on the Wii. Had motion control. Who knows? But that'll be happening here in April. Uh, they also showed off Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection. It's out February seventeenth here. Yeah, the Ezio at... collection was another one that I think got too much attention. I mean, like these games came out like you know six to ten years ago, mm-hmm. and what they showed did not look good. So I'm like, why? <laughs> what, what, what the fuck did Ubisoft pay for here? Like, I don't know. <clears throat> they paid to remind people it it's coming out soon. Yep. Uh, it has uh, all three games, all the DLC, two bonus short films, and they announced like it's got touchscreen controls and optimized on-screen display. What the hell that means? I don't know. Uh, but there you go for that. They also announced SD Gundam Battle Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is coming to everything uh, sometime later this year. Uh, it's an action RPG. Mm-hmm. Is that with the SD Gundam? universe i think it has yeah uh different gundams from other series mm-hmm. as well uh seems pretty neat for what it is yeah it's tied to the sd gundam art style which is sort of a chibi gundam art style yeah yeah okay. I, I, they had an sd there's been an sd anime well uh actually pretty funny i'm not gonna lie um yeah but uh yeah yeah they list a bunch of featured series you'll get Gundams from it. If you told me that was all of them, I would say it probably looks like it. Yep. So there you go. Uh, then they got to the most Square Enix, Square Enix's biggest troll move in a long time, mm-hmm. where they announced Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. Yep. Or PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Yep. So on the consoles, before any sort of Chrono Trigger, you're getting Chrono Cross first. Yep. Uh, it'll be out April 7th. Uh, seems like they've done some work to it to upgrade the 
the backgrounds and all that uh, yeah. to look a bit better. Character models look a little bit better. Yeah, different sort of accessibility options so you can turn off enemy encounters uh, and all that kind of stuff if you want to. A new mm. newly refined soundtrack. Uh, the neat thing that they're adding in is Radical Dreamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is probably the first time I've ever seen Nintendo mention that the Satella view existed publicly <laughs> since when that originally happened, which was a, as you can probably figure out from the game, from the, the title Satella view, it is a satellite internet service where you could get some very small games off of a Nintendo internet service on the super Famicom. I don't think mm-hmm. it ever came over to the U S on a super Nintendo. I don't think so, but there are a few, games of note that were on there. I think there was a Zelda game on there that people have tried to find a way to get access to and sort of archive it on the internet so that you could play it mm-hmm. uh, in an emulator or something. Uh, but that is sort of a text adventure kind of game. That yeah, it's a, it's a visual Very novel. much a uh, choose your own adventure kind of thing, which, you know, in yeah. my opinion, isn't all that very much interesting. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Brandon finish his point before I continue mine. Yeah, it's basically, uh, it was uh, written and and developed by Masato Kato, who is uh, famously known as the guy who uh, wrote the script for Chrono Trigger and Xenogears and Chrono Cross and Final Fantasy XI, parts of Final Fantasy VII. You know, he's kind of a big guy. He also did the sprites for he also did the uh the um cinema sprites for the original ninja gaiden and uh yeah just uh it's it's funny because this is literally the first time this has ever shown up shown shown up over here because you know this 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 came out literally for the famicom like back in 1996 and it's actually like a very much like a sort of integral part of the original Chrono series. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and, like, it's, it's, it's a really interesting move, um, mainly because, like, yeah, we already know how revered the Chrono series is. And, you know, it, if it comes to a remake between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, I would want to say people would want to hope for a Chrono Cross remake, just because Chrono Trigger should never be remade. But no, I'll Chrono digress. Trigger is already. Yeah, I'll I'll digress on that fact. But part of uh, the unfortunate thing about uh, the original Chrono Cross release was that it came out shortly after the release of Final Fantasy IX on the PlayStation in Japan, and shortly yep. before the release of the same game in the United States. And we already mm-hmm. know that Final Fantasy, as far as JRPGs, is the king of the world so final fantasy 9 was big itself because that game took the game back took the series back to its roots it's it's, Mm -hmm. it's one of the best in the series and easily better than chrono cross and then the other thing about chrono cross is that um one of the reasons why it failed to live uh up to expectations was because instead of like you know focusing on seven awesome characters you had 45 yep why would you do that? I, I, I'm, I'm maybe there. It, it was a content is king thing, but I don't understand why. And the thing about that era, looking specifically at the PlayStation One, those games did not age well at all. No, so I they did hoping, not. I was hoping for a real remake here instead of this remastered thing, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I could still be fooled into getting this game because, like, it's one of those that I never finished. 
Uh, you know, I, I probably still won't, but it's definitely something that I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those weird square decisions. Like you know, putting all of the Kingdom Hearts games on the cloud for the for the Switch is like giving them a real release. Again, I digress. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like a game that suffers from being labeled as a you know quote unquote sequel to Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. All the expectations that comes from that. Yeah. Versus making it an original game for all intents and purposes, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and letting it breathe on its own merits. Mm-hmm. That uh, ends up causing this weird rift where there's you know, probably the majority of the Chrono fan base that prefers Trigger yeah. to Cross. And then there's the weird sort of the fan base like, oh, Chrono Cross is better. And then in regards to like, you know, remaking uh, Chrono Trigger... I'll go up. I'll, I'll I'll go on about that a little later because of another announcement that was made today, or at at the direct. Hmm. But yeah, there's that. That is April seventh. Uh, then they went and showed off some more of Kirby and the Forgotten Land, specifically showing off uh, some more gameplay stuff. You know, inhale uh, various characters to give various abilities. They not, they showed off some that are uh, evolutions of some of these yeah. uh, abilities you can get. That is. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty neat kind of twist on that. And then also showed off that apparently there are things that Kirby either can't swallow full or yeah. doesn't want to. Yeah. It's a fetish thing or what, but yeah, uh, it's called mouthful mode where he tries to yeah. suck up this like dragon ball esque kind of car. Yeah. That only allows like he, like they put a, you know, like a, uh, a tent over the, the whole thing. Yeah. It's, Let's be honest, this is probably the one part of the entire Nintendo Direct that stood out to people. Yeah, so that lets him essentially drive this vehicle yeah. somehow. That's, uh, and they showed off a handful of other things, like a, a vending machine that lets him like shoot the cans out of it at enemies. Mm-hmm. Or a scissor lift that lets him get up to areas he couldn't reach. I don't know why he couldn't flutter. I guess he yeah. can't flutter in this game. Uh, then, of course, there was the traffic way made it look. It looked like he hadn't inhaled it. In fact, he had just taken a oversized traffic cone and shoved it directly up his ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a, a whole thing there. So it's, it's like a taking a thing out of Super Mario Odyssey with the hat thing. Yeah. It's all just part of this crazy charm. Like, Kirby has always had a copy ability. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just go ahead and leave it to Nintendo to give them mouthful mode. And, like, the way that trailer just presented itself is like, I don't know if Nintendo is just trying to make themselves memes on purpose, but it just works. It's it's yeah. it's, it's charmful as hell, and I I, I want to play this game now. Like, this game, is like Chris said, is looking like the Super Mario Odyssey for the Kirby series, and yeah. the Kirby series needs a real banger, and it looks like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, like, seriously, the day after Literally, it was all over Twitter. It was people drawing, you know, images of they call they now call him Carby, and it's him, you know, inhaling various vehicles or whatever. I've seen people where he's inhaled the mystery machine from Scooby Doo, uh, the the you know the car from the Flintstones, the the Batmobile. Yeah, they made another meme, basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that'll be out March 25th. You check that yeah. out. 
It did also confirm for me that they really are going for a Mario Odyssey type, just by the way the gameplay is. Yeah. Um, which, in hindsight, if you think about it, Mario Odyssey was a Kirby game, just by the way the mechanics work there. So yeah, it's uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to give it a going to give it a look when it comes out because uh, you know color me intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Then next, they went to MLB The Show 22. Uh, something I was kind of expecting to see after they announced it was coming to the Switch. Like, oh, oh. yeah, direct right after that. Oh, they're probably going to show that. And yeah, they showed off. Uh, had Shohei Otani sort of mm. do a little intro for this trailer. Yep. And then showed off a, an aspect of their marketing for the past few years that I don't think people realized mm-hmm. until it came to a platform that they cared about. Yep. And that is a puppet they call Coach that does. Uh, various uh, trailers for the game. Mm-hmm. So people hear this like scruffy-voiced dude talking and see a puppet. The fuck is that? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's Coach. That's been one of their sort of marketing things for this for this series. For the Coach, like talking about the, the way baseball used to be played and all that kind of stuff. So there you go. They show that mm-hmm. it is coming to the Switch. Uh, it doesn't look great. We knew that. So there you go. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, then they went back to the old games mm-hmm. uh, with the Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series, which is coming yep. to everything July 8th. Oh, made a lot of PlayStation kids happy. <laughs> it's a that. collection of the first two Klonoa games. Yep, yeah, I, I didn't have visually. a PlayStation 1 or a PlayStation 2 as a kid, um, but my cousins did, and they did have the Klonoa games. And I was like, wow, this looks like Sonic. I want to try it out. And like all of the mechanics, and as far as the um, the polish goes, like those games were good, and I never got a chance to finish them. So I'm glad I finally mm-hmm. will get a chance now. I'm, I'm actually yeah. really yeah. yeah. The the first game just looked really good on a PlayStation One. Yeah, had a really nice and, style to it and all that. Yeah, so. it looked good on the. Thing else, <laughs> I will I will not lie. Visually, that first game has not aged well. I know. I think it's aged pretty well. I, well, I, I mean, it's the, it's it's know. charming, but. You know, it's got that whole thing where it's like bright base characters over 3D backgrounds, and yeah, it's still yeah. pretty good to me. Uh, let's see, that'll be out yeah July 8th. So already kind of going over the half the the first half of the year mm-hmm. kind of thing there with that. Uh, but then they also went to the next game, which was the big surprise Portal Companion Collection. Yeah, a collection with the the first two Portal games. Uh-huh. Uh, including the sort of co- uh, the co-op from the second game as well in there. And this was kind of a weird thing where it's like, this must have been in the works for a while. But even then, uh, there's a Steam Deck that comes out in a couple weeks mm-hmm. where you can play you know, Portal and Portal 2 on the go if you want. Uh, it's a bit weird that they're working on this, but I assume part of them working on this also helped them you know, with the Steam Deck and vice versa, uh, making that all work. So if you haven't played either of those games, those are both fantastic games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be out sometime later this year. So not even coming out anywhere close to uh, the Steam Deck's launch. So there you go. Uh, and the last of the the old games they showed in this stretch, a game called live alive yep which i 
had not ever heard of. I have. Somehow was related to an anime. I think that's called Data Live. Nope. That's a sounding similar name, but (laughs) uh, it's a JRPG that I don't think ever came over. No, it did not. Mm -mm. And this is in the 2D uh, HD series that's, you know, the Octopath Traveler and Triangle Strategy sort of style that they're going for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is also a game or series that I had never heard of. And then as soon as um, it was announced, like I saw people whom I respect very much and very knowledgeable about JRPGs absolutely gush over it. Like they were oh, saying, yeah. yeah, this was like my favorite game like back in Japan or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're white as hell. How did you understand what you were playing? But anyway, like, yeah, so um, th- th- this is one of those times where like I really wish Pat was here so like he can go ahead and talk yeah. about it. But you know what, Brandon? Well, you go ahead. talk to me. I've played it. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I played it a bunch of times on. Uh... Uh, Brandon, you're kind of breaking up there. Oh, I said you could talk to me. I've played it a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go right ahead. Uh, yeah. So basically what it is. Yeah, it's a JRPG. It's basically broken up into like six different sort of, into like a bunch of different time periods over a certain story arc. And like one of them starts like in ancient history. There's one that takes place in the Old West. Uh, there's one that's like a martial arts story that takes place in Imperial China. Um, there's one that takes place off in the far future. Um, and there's also one that like takes place in the ages. And they're all basically, they all sort of have like their distinct styles that sort of like a variation, sort of the common overarching uh, control style. Um, and it's. Okay, it, like from the trailer, just based on what I've seen, it looked like they all played differently. Am I wrong with that assumption? Yeah, they do. They okay. do. They, they all play differently, but they all have like a common common control theme involved them and that it's sort of it's sort of based around like a three by three grid um but um essentially what was really neat about it was the fact that it they got like a bunch of like really uh at the time really like well-known manga artists to like do the art direction and that's actually how i found out about the game in the first place because uh the far future part of the game, the art direction was done by Yuki Tamura, who's like one of my favorite old school shoujo artists. Um, but there was like other guys there too that were pretty popular for the time. Um, and what's neat about it is that all these characters, despite like the sort of different, um, like the huge gaps in time between these these stories, they're all connected. And the way that they connect and how the story sort of wraps up in the end is kind of one of the reasons why so many people are like so big on this game because on top of having like such variety it's also well-written jrpgs of its era i don't i don't want to delve into spoiler territory but um is this comparable at all to octopath traveler uh because well, you know how like not really i mean no, it's it's together. it's only comparable to octopath traveler in fact that you are taking on different individuals for like a different story arc each you know I, the the characters don't act each other in the single party like they do in octopath traveler at yeah. least not until like the very end yeah um but what does happen is the is that the when the game wraps up it all of the characters that you've played thus far 
sometimes in some very surprising ways. And again, and no, I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah. let's just say that it's it, it, unlike Octopath Travel, common antagonist that everyone has to fight against at the end. Yeah. And then I'm Instead also seeing that... Um, stuff that's hidden off sort of in the side like Octopath did. Gotcha. Yeah, like this is I, as soon as this game was announced, like I, I I totally like you know fell for it. I'm really excited about it. Uh, what's really weird though is that the game is retailing for in between fifty and sixty dollars, and I don't know what is right, but I'm definitely going to pay whatever it takes to get this game in my hands. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily games. The individual sections are are not are not uh, tiny. Let me okay. just put it that way. Uh, they're um, pretty long. I, I did see on how how long to beat the game took twenty three hours to finish or at least roll yeah cards. each one each section depending on how you take you, a few good hours to finish okay uh, no I, I don't mind that at all I, I think there's some definitely some good value there but like oh yeah going back to what I was saying earlier about Final Fantasy Nine and Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger like yeah I was saying that you know nobody would ever want Chrono Trigger remade but if it was remade in two D HD you will definitely see far less complaints like, oh yeah. I'm pretty sure it's renowned around the entire JRPG fan base that if you want to do something in 2D HD, go ahead. Yeah. Um, pretty much, uh, the, yeah, like, um, if, like I said, the reason I first got into Live Alive was because, um, you know, I found out because the Far Future arc, and if you, if you remember in the trailer in the Far Future, playing a little robot literally like a little round ball on tank treads. Um, that particular section, the art direction was done by Yumi Tamara. Um, Yumi Tamara is the artist behind uh, Basara, which is one of my absolute favorite uh, manga of all time. Uh, it's just, it's epic and just really good. But it also had like a, some other like really big um, Manga artist at the time. Uh, one of the uh, guys who did the work for it, um, Gosho Ashiyama, the guy behind Detective Conan. Uh, he's also one of the, he did some of the uh, art direction. Also, um, guys like, uh, let's see. Conan, that, that's, that's huge. Yeah, he, he, he was one of the, he's one of the, he did the art direction for one part of the game. I can't remember which one it is, though. Um, Let's see, it was uh, Secret Orders. That's the one. I think that is, let's see, I'm trying to, oh yeah, that's the, uh, that's the part that's uh, basically based around Ninja. Yeah, he did that one. Um, and of course, Tamora, she did the, uh, the uh, Mechanical Heart section. That's the one with the robot. Um, yeah, they like I said, they got a bunch of really big dudes at the time. Um, see, Osamu Ishiwada. Uh, there's also uh, see Kazuko Shimamoto. I don't know. Shida Fujiwara. Yeah, like I said, it, it was um, it, it was it was a big deal back then because all these dudes were super popular back then. So. You know, getting all of them to work on individual parts of the game was kind of a big deal. Um, and yeah, um, but yeah, if you want to play this game going into it um, and, uh, you know, be completely uh, 
surprised I would avoid the Wikipedia article because <laughs> it spoils the whole thing. Um, just know though that it was it, it's it, it's a it's a legitimately good game. Okay, yeah, they got the pre-order up right now for forty nine ninety nine. Yep, I'm probably gonna go do that after we finish. <laughs> uh, there's no rush because it's not out till July twenty. Yeah, I know. So there you go for that. Yep. And decided let's uh, let's move into uh, games, newish games, and then they announced a game called Nintendo Switch Sports. And talk about other game that was a big crowd. <laughs> yeah, or very confusing, depending on what your thoughts are on Wii Sports in this time and day. Uh, but yeah, they announced this was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are. Uh, the weird thing is they talk about, oh, we got three of the classic uh, Wii Sports, you know, sports. Uh, you know, obviously tennis, bowling, and Chambara, which is the sword play from Wii Sports Resort, which I'm like, that's not one of the iconic games from that. Uh, those two games. Uh, mm-hmm. it's bowling, tennis, and golf for the games yep. that people played. And luckily, golf is going to be added in later this year. Uh-huh. Uh, they said an update later this year, uh, but the, the ones in at launch, mm-hmm. soccer is going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a weird sort of maybe Rocket League-ish kind of version of soccer. Mm-hmm. That yeah, doing. I would compare it more to Fall Guys, but just based on like the movement in there. But yeah, as far as like you know the huge soccer ball, yeah. It's totally- mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, there's that. Uh, or not Fall doing- Guys, uh, Rocket League, sorry. Yeah. Uh, there's Volleyball, uh, which mm-hmm. makes sense as a thing they would add. Uh, and badminton, mm. which also makes sense as a thing to add in there. I'd be curious to see how they do kind of get in the, the weird way that badminton works mm. uh, for that stuff. If you can play it like high like high skill level badminton, have you ever seen that? Olympic levels badminton, which it's is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can use... When you actually con- try to play it in real life, you're nowhere near as intense. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You're like just hoping to hit the, the shuttlecock. The damn bird, yep. yep. Uh, let's see. Yeah, even in the soccer, you can use the leg strap accessory from the Ring Fit. I think it'll be included with the physical version, in case you don't have that, uh, to uh, kick the ball yourself in soccer shootout. Mm. Uh, so, sure, I guess, uh, for that. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, this fall is going to be an update to add golf. Uh, it'll be out April 29th, and yeah, they will be doing an online play test. Mm. Here next weekend, the 18th, 19th, 20th, uh, for Nintendo Switch Online members. So you can mm-hmm. try it out a little bit early. I think it's just for the those first three games they mentioned. Uh, tennis, mm-hmm. bowling, and the uh, Chambara. Mm-hmm. Which again, I yeah. still can't stress Chambara is not a notable game really. <laughs> in that. It's uh, definitely a fun announcement. Um Especially, you know, coming out coming off of last week when we uh, we reported that uh, the Switch has just been selling gangbusters with no signs of slowing down, mm-hmm. and like for the most part, this is a core gamer market. You know, like not really. I mean, aside from Mario Kart, I wouldn't really call the best Switch games on the on the platform like super casual games. And now you finally have one with Nintendo Switch Sports, which I'm wondering if it was misnamed because. As far as I'm concerned, like Wii Sports is a phenomenon. I don't know if Nintendo Switch Sports still still translates, even though it's the same game. 
Um, but yeah, like this game is being sold at a budget forty bucks, uh, fifty physical with the uh, uh, with the uh, leg leg attachment. And like, yeah, I am, I am, I'm, I'm totally excited for it. Like, I, I definitely see myself, assuming that you know, there's, there's guests, or I bring it somewhere where we can go ahead and play video games. But yeah, people will go ahead and be interested in playing, uh, the games that are included in a uh, Switch Sports. So that's uh, definitely exciting. Um, what I'm wondering though is, I don't know if you guys actually played Wii Sports Resort. Uh, that was the sequel to the original Wii Sports, and it made yeah. use of the. Uh, of the Wii Motion Plus attachment to the Wii, Wii Nunchuck and uh, Wii Remote. And, you know, knowing that the Switch has HD rumble, which is, you know, superior technology to what even was available on the Wii, um, I'm wondering if games are also going to be uh, that much harder in comparison. Because games like bowling and golf and tennis in Wii Sports Resort were not as fun as they were on the original game. Because the original game... You know, as much as we like to talk shit about Waggle, the Waggle just made things easier. Um, I would assume that the Wii Motion Plus and or the uh, HD Rumble on the Switch would cause for, you know, um, having to be uh, accurate with your movement. And I don't know how that'll translate onto the screen. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, it's a good thing that they're having these, um, these beta tests on uh, mid-February to go ahead and try that out. Because that's definitely going to be a huge factor as to whether or not this game becomes as big as Nintendo may want it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it'll be weird to use Joy-Cons like a Wii remote. But they aren't that far. I mean, they're, all, they're just smaller. That's about it. Yeah, that was kind of the nice thing about the Wii remote is it kind of fit well in your hand and made True. sense for those games where these things are designed to be used sideways uh, for people mm. with tiny in a way that is a bit... It also sucks for Switch Lite people because you'll mm -hmm. have to buy Joy-Cons if you want to play it. Though you can't use the, I don't think you can use a, a switch light on a dock. Uh, so, you would have to be playing in a very weird way. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, a fun thing that they are doing. I'll be curious to hopefully try it out next weekend. Mm -hmm. Maybe stream it or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, then they moved on to Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Festival. Mm -hmm. Uh, a new game in that series that uh, I'm trying to see. If, uh, yeah, it seems to be Switch exclusive for the time being, mm -hmm. uh, but it does have some new songs in it, like the Zelda. Uh, let's see, Gerenge, Feel Special, Racing Into the Night. Yeah, uh, one of those songs, actually, the uh, the main theme from uh, the hit anime Demon Slayer, which I love. So. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah definitely going to jam out to that i'm not and i'm not going to lie like part of this track list and as you mentioned legend of zelda makes me want this game whereas before i did not care uh it'll definitely yeah. bring back some donkey konga vibes because i loved playing that when i was younger yeah and they mentioned i think megalovania is in it as well and some other stuff oh yeah megalovania uh, it's huge yeah that's in the the recent xbox version of that game which apparently you can't buy any dlc for that Mm -hmm. uh, for the songs, you have to play the game and grind out in-game currency to buy the DLC songs. It's kind of a whole weird thing. Which I was like, wait, is this a version of that? Because Megalovania is on that as well. Uh, I don't know, but uh, they're also doing the Ubisoft thing and having an in-game subscription service to give you access to over 500 songs. I assume songs from the past games in the series. Mm. Uh, and DLC and all that is like an option in case you don't want to buy... You'll spend, you know, 
a bunch of money on individual songs in that. Mm. So there you go. That is sometime later this year. Mm-hmm. No date for that. There you go. Uh, let's see where are we at now. Then they showed off Triangle Strategy, announced that there is a prologue demo that lets you play, I think, the first three chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from chapter one to the end of chapter three. And mm-hmm. save data can transfer transfer over to the full game. Mm. So there you go. That game is out March 4th, which is like three weeks away. Yeah, mm-hmm. very, very soon. I remember when the uh, they were doing the beta and I, I died in the introductory chapter. So that probably does not bode well for my future with this game. But I am still going to get it because this is the game that I want Square Enix to continue making. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I am so glad that they're continuing the tradition of making a demo that you can actually continue when the game comes that's the way RPG demos should be. And I don't understand mm-hmm. why some uh, developers and publishers still don't do it, especially ones that work in the same company, Square. But, um... mm. Yeah, the the weirdest thing about that game, as I saw what the box art looks like, mm-hmm. with the name Triangle Strategy on it, and I just burst out laughing at that, of wondering if somebody st- stumbles upon this this game on a shelf and being like, what the fuck is Triangle Strategy? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> uh, of course you can flip it over and hopefully that explains it but even then yeah. it's a very weird name for a game even though it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense in that it's a you know strategy RPG whereas the traditional like triangle combat system one thing's better than this thing which is better than that thing it's better than mm-hmm. you know, like a Fire Emblem has that as like one of its core parts of its combat uh, sort of thing so there you go you can play a good chunk of that game for that uh yeah that'll be march 4th now to the next thing cuphead they show off some more of the delicious last course to remind you that that is also coming to the switch Mm -hmm. uh the next uh the one big expansion for that game june 30th Mm -hmm. so you can check that out uh then it got to metroid dread and revealed that there is an update out now that Mm -hmm. adds two new difficulty modes one called dread mode where you cannot get hit once. Uh, it's a hardcore mode, very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially mentioned like, oh yeah, those little, uh, you know, tiny enemies that come in like swarms. Like you get hit by one of those, you're fucked mm-hmm. in that mode. Uh, and there's also a rookie mode where uh, health drops and missile drops, you get more out of that than you did in the yeah. base game. So if you need a little bit of extra help, there you go for that. I assume yeah. you have to start the game over if you're going to try those. Uh, good luck yeah. with that. It's a super random additions, but I am not complaining at all, uh, especially nope. considering I have not played the game ever since we first talked about it, primarily because, one, there was no time, and two, I didn't want to make time to continue to die. So, um, you know, I, I, I actually do want to go back and jump into the rookie mode and maybe from there just uh, go ahead and change things in the middle if I'm allowed to. And, um, yeah, like... It's interesting seeing Nintendo make this move because I know that they caught a lot of flack for like doing absolutely nothing in regards to accessibility. Uh, this doesn't really do much, but it does help. And yeah. again, it just shows that like Nintendo just beats to the sound of their own drum because like I don't really know if anybody asked for DLC with this game. And yeah, it was the most successful selling Metroid game of all time. But at the same time, when you're looking at the larger scheme of things with Switch releases... This didn't sell as well as you would think. So the fact that they made the DLC like makes you wonder, like, you know, what like what ac- what actually determines whether these things are made. But at the at the I end mean, of the day, I'm glad they did it. I think if this is coming out now, that means they 
I probably planned for this since the game got finished mm-hmm. uh, for that. So that's nice. And they did mention there's a second update coming in April with a boss rush mode. Mm-hmm. So if you would just want to fight the bosses without any of the, the bullshit in between. Uh, oh, yeah. Do that. The bosses are great in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. They're adding some nice stuff to that game. We'll see mm. if they do like an actual like expansion up to it. This kind of uh, we'll see. So there you go. Uh, then they did the thing that probably should have happened a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earthbound is coming to the Nintendo Switch Online Super Nintendo app, yeah. as well as Earthbound Beginnings, the I NES one. Yeah, for the NES app. Yeah, uh, that is sort of the the prequel to the game that uh, people. Love on the Super Nintendo? Yeah. So those are out now. Uh, also, uh, of course, the, once uh, again, they once again show still bring over Mother 3 for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're never going to uh, give those people everything they want all at once. Yeah. yeah. And uh, also, like, if they were going to announce Mother 3, I think it's only right to have Reggie show up just for that 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, with a, for, for all the shit that he got from fans about, when are you going to have Mother 3 uh, and, and all the scrolling he did? It's only right. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah, weird... well, that was a, uh, <laughs> a weird robot chicken skit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we, we, we all know Mother 3 is, like, done and has been translated by, you know, someone other than Nintendo, and I think part of the reason why, like, we haven't seen their own release yet is they know that that guy's translation is better and they don't want to admit it and they don't want to pay him. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, there's that. But at the same time, like, yeah, I can't help but feel for those fans because, you know, when you're watching this direct from start to finish and you get to the Earthbound part, you really feel like it was going to happen. But no, sorry. Yeah, especially when they're going into the history of the, the first game. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, we're also adding that to the NES. You know, the original mm-hmm. game, I was like, oh, it's going to happen. No. Yeah, they could even charge $60 for Mother 3 and people would happily pay it mm-hmm. to have official recognition from Nintendo of America and Nintendo of Europe that mm-hmm. uh, they support this. But no. Uh, but yeah, if you are going to play Earthbound, uh, Nintendo has made that available to download. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Earthbound Player's Guide, the official guide from back uh, that you can go, there's a PDF of it, so you can go and download it and mm-hmm. go through it. Uh, Maybe learn some things or just need some help or whatever, you know. Mm. Uh, it's a pretty in-depth uh, guide for that game. Yeah, and like, if, if you are if you guys are too, or not you guys, but if, if the listeners are too young to like, remember uh, an official Nintendo's player's guide, there, there, there really is a certain charm to them that makes them, you know, different from your traditional strategy guides. Like, um, the Zelda Ocarina of Time one, for example, like, tells the uh, um, tells the story from the from, from sort of like a storyteller's perspective. The one for Banjo-Kazooie tells it all from Grunty's perspective. And they all have that certain charm. And the, the one from Earthbound, and like, let me tell you about Earthbound. If you haven't played through this game, it's mm. not that it's hard. It's that the game does not hold your hand at all. No. Nope. Really, like, tough to decide where to go from there, even compared to a game like the original Zelda. Like, there is really no way to know what you're doing unless you're really, really, really paying attention. And even if you are, it's still tough to decide what you're going to do. So the player's guide really helps. In that. It's not hard. It's just needlessly complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a perfect game for uh, the 
Nintendo Switch Online apps because you can do your save states and all that. Uh, so if you're not sure if you're going to be able to get through areas, and it's, but yeah, it's kind of a, an old school kind of RPG where it's you know probably your best thing to do early on is just do a bunch of fights, grind, mm-hmm. get some XP and some money and all that, and kind of just uh, maybe make it a little easier for yourself. At least for a bit, it's very much just a weird game because you know it's not a fantasy game, it's not a sci-fi no. game. You're just a kid that uh, wakes up when this meteor hits the uh, this big hill up in your town. Yep. And you go and wake up your uh, friends. Like, Let's go check it out. Yeah. Because all the adults are gone. I mean, that's basically specifically how Shigasaki designed it. He wanted it to basically be an RPG that is, you know, more grounded. Um, yeah, yeah I, like I know, sort of like you know, sort of like the Goonies, more or less, and uh, also just you know his uh, love of American culture, which is kind of what that what makes those games so neat is it um a love it's a love of American culture through the eyes of a man in Japan who I'm not sure if he ever actually ever visited the United States, but yeah, probably not at that point, but yeah. Through the lens of American media, mm-hmm. probably. So lots of weird stuff happens throughout and kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's a, a fun game. I never played the, I think I purchased it on the Wii U yeah. virtual console. But we'll let move on here. Uh, they showed off a few more games here towards the end. Zombie Army 4, mm-hmm. Dead Wars coming to the Switch April 26th. Mm. Did not look very good, but if you want some of that, there you go. Uh, they revealed that Getsu Fumaden Undying mm-hmm. Moon is out now. Uh, that was in, I think, early access on PC, and I think it all, uh, I think it came out of uh, release there a little while ago, so mm-hmm. not really a huge surprise that it's out now, but it's a very stylish-looking game. I don't know if it's any good mm-hmm. or not. Like, I've heard mixed things about it, but uh, whatever. It's a... A uh, new Konami game, so yeah, that's a rare thing these days. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to actually seeing some here. Uh, they announced the Demon Slayer game that came to the other consoles is coming to the Switch in uh, June, June 10th. So mm-hmm. you can check that out. Uh, yep. Then they showed off a game called Lego Brawls, which is not a game I had ever heard of before, <laughs> uh, but it looks like a it kind of looks like a, you know, a Dota kind of MOBA game. I don't know. It's a weird because I don't think it's. Uh, it's because it's at the very end in the summary is because they didn't give a shit enough. Uh, it's out in June. Yeah, they call it a team action brawler, which makes me think it is like a kind of thing, multiplayer kind of game. You can design your own minifig with unique brawling abilities. Build ridiculous power ups out of bricks. Work with your team to control iconic Lego levels. Eight different arenas. I think mean, classics like Castle and newcomers like Jurassic World. So get some licensed stuff in there. But I think that is coming to everything. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's on PlayStation. Uh, some other platforms. Yeah, Windows. Yeah, Xbox, Windows, Stadia. Mm-hmm. Just in case you forgot that existed. Uh, let's see. They also... Yeah, 
Reminded people that Two Point Campus is also coming to the Switch May 17th. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. Then they got to uh, the last two games here, Nintendo games. Uh, this is another Monkey Paw thing, as people have been rumbling that there's another Mario Kart coming. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'd be on the Switch, because they don't seem to want to have a new Switch, you know, powerful Switch anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So oh, maybe we'll get Mario Kart 9. Uh, maybe we'll just have all kinds of Nintendo characters in it. And no, they're doing the booster course pass for Nintendo or for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I think is the uh, the title here, uh, mm-hmm. that adds 48 courses to the game starting March 18th in six packs, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for $24.99, it'll also be part of the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack subscription. So there's another thing that might be useful to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, though, they, these packs are spread out pretty far, going from March 18th, 2022, to what they said, end of 2023. So you got uh, tracks from many of the other Mario Kart games. Mm-hmm. I've not played much of anything but uh, Super Mario Kart and Mario Kart 8. Mm-hmm. So this does. They also have stuff from Tour for whatever reason. But yeah, it's adding a lot of content to that game and basically saying, like, yeah, we're not doing Mario Kart 9 for uh, probably at least a few more years. Yeah, um, that just means they're not going to do a Mario Kart 9, just quite frankly, because they don't have to. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has been uh, in the top 20 in the NPDs every month since the game's, you know, released on, like, 2017. The original Mario Kart 8 came out in, like, 2014. That's almost nine years ago. And then, you know, it was more than five years ago when we see the Deluxe release on Switch. So the fact that they even bothered making DLC, like, nine to, or five to nine years after the fact is absolutely nuts. But at the end of the day, like, I can't be more happy. Like, you're getting 48 new tracks over the course of two years. They've just breathed new life into this game. And um, I, don't think the, I don't think the original Deluxe release even has 48 courses. So this is a big deal. And, yeah, you're looking at a bunch of remastered courses from the past. But, you know, I don't think, unless you're the most hardcore Mario Kart person, I don't think everybody has played every game religiously, especially not Mario Kart Tour. And, yeah, I'm just glad that we get more content. This is definitely, like, the most appealing, like, party game available on any platform, in my opinion. And I I look forward to jumping into it. $25 is not a bad price at all. And I also have the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack, so I'm not paying anything. And, uh, yeah, it looks like I'll be jumping back into Mario Kart Super. Yeah, so apparently Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has... 48 tracks uh, by default. There you go. You're doubling You're doubling the output. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Pretty decent value add to that game if you still play it at all. Uh, so there you go. And then the last one they revealed, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is coming. It's going to be out in September. Mm. I don't think any date on that beyond that. Uh, I've seen people uh, that are upset that it's not uh, the same kind of anime as uh, the second game. 
Yeah, they, they because the the character thirsty. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't see many big boobed women in this no. trailer. Yeah, I well, think they went back to the original, you know, char- the first Xenoblade character designs, which was more subdued. Um, like, Xenoblade Two just had a lot of like, for lack of a better term, like sexy girls, right? Whereas, uh, yeah, Xenoblade Three sees people much more reserved and at the same time focusing a little bit more on the men. So, yeah, and it's reinforce. It's also focusing on story too. Um, yeah. I like Xenoblade Chronicles two a lot, um, but it story wasn't quite as gripping as the original Xenoblade Chronicles was. Um, but apparently, what they're doing here is they're actually bridging the two uh, first two games together, um, and possibly even Xenoblade Cross as well. Um, but because the, the sort of Okay, so the the I guess I mean both these games have been out for a while now, so it's not really a spoiler. The sort of um the sort of caveat to all these games to both of these games is they actually take place in the same universe, but it's sort of like a multiverse type thing. They're all started because these couple of scientists on the space station were working on this uh uh qu- quantum grand quantum reality experiment and it ended up basically breaking our universe and then turning it into a completely new couple of things um and basically like these the group of scientists involved like aspects of them keep showing up in both games in various ways um and if you watched like the the um the uh the trailer for Xenoblade 3, they very clearly have some of the characters from the previous game showing up, but they may be in villainous roles, which is intriguing. I don't know why they would do that. Um, but, you know, that that that, that universe's lore is very uh, complicated, and I'm just... It, it, I'm, I just Again, it's Xenoblade. I'm sold. That's... Really, all yeah, I have, I, I have a really weird relationship with Xenoblade, where, um, well, mainly with the original Xenoblade Chronicles, I where I always play it up to about twenty to thirty percent in, and then for some reason I just stop, just because, the, at least in my opinion, the spike in difficulty with the battle takes, for me anyway, an unprecedented turn, and that has pretty much uh, prevented me from playing the rest of games. My brother is a huge fan of them, and uh, he personally hates Xenoblade Chronicles X and never finished. He enjoyed two, and he's really excited for three. And like, I, again, I know nothing about the plot, but he saw the Monado in the three trailer, and he was particularly excited about. It. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep, the yeah, Monado's like, there. Exactly. So, like, yeah, that, that that that's that's some fun stuff. Um, I don't know if this was really worth being the last announcement for me. I probably would have like put it somewhere else and ended with the fucking uh, Mario Kart eight announcement because that was a banger in my opinion. Um, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I am definitely like happy to see people like stoked for this game. Like you know, there's definitely a nice hardcore RPG series for yeah. Nintendo fans to jump on, and it also just shows like the amount of like output and effort you're seeing from Monolith Soft. Like oh yeah, they they've released like a big game every two years. That's huge. Yeah, and, that's definitely not you know before. I mean, that's definitely the uh, the difference before they got bought up from by Nintendo because you know with the original Xeno Saga trilogy. Uh, yeah. By the way, Nintendo, if you're bringing uh, another old RPG series back, 
you happen to own Monoliths off now, so that's what I that's what I was saying. Like, I don't know if it's because Namco or Square Enix have like joint venture IP issues with the original Xenogears and then the three Xenosaga games on PS2. But we need those games now. Like, especially yeah. since those games are well over, you know, $100, $200, $300 on eBay. Mm-hmm. It's time to bring those prices down and put them on digital. I don't care if they remaster it or not, but uh, those are some good games. Some it's, it's the very rare good sci-fi JRPG, aside from Star Ocean, and most of those suck. So, yeah. like, you know, it's we've got a guy oh. bring those. And story-wise, I have to bring out the came back is actually very intriguing because you know for those who don't know, you know they you know remastered, um, you know basically remastered uh, the original you know Xenoblade Chronicles for the Switch, and I played it you know from start to finish, and they also had you know the the after game DLC that came that it was. DLC, it just mm-hmm. came with the game, but mm-hmm. um, the thing is, the Monado, the way the way it's able, the reason it's able to function in the game has to basically do with the existence of the final boss in that game, and then after that, uh, he doesn't have the Monado anymore. After you know, when you're playing the post-game uh, material, he has a different weapon. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if why how the Monado is actually functioning again. Um, or if it's even the same Monado, it might be a different. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's weird. Like you, you look at, for example, the trailer of this game, and it looks fantastic. You wouldn't even think that the Switch is a weaker platform. And then on, on mm-hmm. the other hand, you have a game like uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, who many people, uh, which I haven't, by the way, a lot of people have been complaining about the way it looks. And the reason why I haven't is because I haven't played it docked. But like the resolution with with uh, great so i don't know what monolith soft is doing different than everybody else but and also the fact that they've been helping you know nintendo proper with the breath of the wild games and it's like yeah this the the output you're getting from them is like you know comparable to what you know sony is seeing out of uh insomniac so it's good to see these second parties just step up and just make some quality content mm-hmm. but yeah that is uh gonna do it here yep. for the show uh today uh it's a pretty decent direct Mm-hmm. It was uh pretty much like you said, sometimes it's feast or famine, and it was definitely feast this time. Yeah, they really did a good job with the pacing, uh, with this one. Like the only things that were awkward to me happened in the beginning with the, uh, you know, Fire Emblem Warriors, but it was also a good way to start it, as well as mm-hmm. um um you know, Assassin's Creed and like No Man's Sky, because I just like didn't think those games would really meld well with the audience. But aside from that, like the balance was great. I love the announcement, especially out of like Mario Strikers and Mario Kart, and you know, uh, Live Alive, Live Alive, however you pronounce that game. Like, yeah, uh, the Switch has a lot of like awesome content we're seeing here this year, and um, like you know, I, I don't want to get my hopes up, or, like making everybody expect stuff, but let's go ahead and put a scenario out there where, mm-hmm. um, or Bayonetta three and. Breath of the Wild 2 come out this year, and that's a hell of a year for Nintendo, you know? Mm-hmm. It may not be like what Sony has with God of War Ragnarok and you know, Horizon Forbidden West, but it's close enough, and it's just a good time to be a gamer, right? Now. Uh, Xbox has some good stuff kind of coming up this year. Like, um, I don't know, it, it, it finally feels like we're sort of, like, getting over a hump with all the lack of excitement we've had since the pandemic started, and um, hopefully things continue to go the way that they're going. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's uh, it shows that this first half of the year is going to be a busy few months here. As we oh, yeah. Plenty of games so. coming out here, even mm. the rest of this month in March, uh, yep. April, May. Yep. Uh, yeah. June, I mean, Horizon uh, Forbidden West is next week. I'll be in Disneyland. And then Elden Ring is the week after. There you so. go. And Gran Turismo is the week after that. Yep. It never ends. Yeah. Triangle Strategy the week after that. It's not mm-hmm. good. Well, that's the same the same day as Gran Turismo. March oh, there 4th. you go. See, so. Yeah. Depends on what kind of nerd you are. Mm-hmm. Get either of those games or both of them. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Who cares? Yep. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for this week. Thank you to Brandon Dandruff for joining. Always. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news. Hopefully... Uh, a little bit less because <laughs> uh, there's not not enough time for all of this stuff. Uh, but we will be uh, back next week as we uh, start getting here to the second half of uh, February mm-hmm. and to the rest of what uh, this month has done. Yeah, if you enjoy the show, feel free to let uh, friends and uh, family know that you enjoy it and they should check it out. Mm-hmm. As well as select strangers that will not uh, report you to the police for harassing them yep uh so there you go uh we will be back next week with a new slate of news and until then hope you guys have a good rest of your week have a good one and we'll see you next time